Good morning. Can I have all the children come up so that we can light our Advent candles? Look at all these wonderful children. Okay, who remembers what our first Advent candle was? Yes, it was hope. Easton's going to light our candle for us. And who remembers what the second candle was? Yes. Yes, it was love. And who remembers what the third candle was? Joy, you're right. And our candle today is going to be on peace. Take one out. The fourth Advent candle is the candle of peace. In the Bible, peace is more than not having arguments or wars. Peace means that everything is the way it should be, that everything is perfect. Our world is not perfect, is it? But the Bible says that God sent Jesus into the world to die for us so, we, so that we could have peace with God and others. Even though we are not perfect because of Jesus, God accepts us. And one day he promises there will be peace. Everything will be perfect the way it should be because of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, he will rule over us, and he will be called Wonder Adver Advisor and Mighty God, and he will also be called Father who lives forever and prince who brings peace. There will be no limit to how great this ad for thee is the peace he brings will never end. Eva's going to go ahead and pray. Please join me in prayer. God, we need peace. Thank you that Jesus has come to make us and everything the way it should be. Amen. Okay, children's church now. Thank you, boys and girls. You've done such a tremendous job, and Tina and the other teachers and leaders have done such a great job leading us in our Advent candle lighting during this season. I'm grateful for that. Gracias para por uh, los niños y las maestras que nos han ayudado con prender las velas de, de Adviento. We're allowing our children now to go in children, to children in worship. That's for our boys and girls up to fifth grade. So we hope that uh, all of you children are gone. I think they're just about there. I want to take a moment, too, to welcome those who are online uh, worshiping with us. Uh, quiero dar una bienvenida a los que estén en línea adorando al Señor con nosotros. We're grateful for your presence this morning. 
And I also want to get us ready for this next week with a couple of things. First of all, uh, Christmas Eve, we will not be having a physical service here, but we will have an online devotional that will be available to you in the evening, probably 6, 7 o'clock Christmas Eve. We'll try to get that out in our weekly email with a link. But if you go to our Sunrise Community Tulare YouTube channel, you'll find it there. And it's something that, you know, is brief. Now, you can sit around with your family, friends, and just take a moment to remember what this season is about. We've provided that for you. Tenemos un, devocional, un, un tiempo devocional en línea que vamos a proyectar uh, el sábado noche buena uh, pasando como las 6, 7 de la noche en, nuestra, en nuestro canal de YouTube. Y, y pueden tener acceso a eso. Also, we want to remind you that we will have service here and worship on Christmas morning. Next Sunday, 9.30 a.m. We'd really love for you to, to be a part of that. Vamos a adorar al Señor el, el domingo 25, el día de la Navidad, aquí a las nueve y media. It's going to be a great celebration. It will be like a family Sunday. We will have our children with us the whole time. It will be a time to really come around uh, the, the birth of Jesus and to celebrate him. Va a ser un domingo familiar con los niños todos aquí. We will have nursery care for the, the little ones uh, that will, will be provided. So let's dive right in. Vamos a lanzarnos al texto. I want to invite you to get your Bibles ready uh, and open them up. As uh, Cody mentioned and as the children read, we're going to be looking at the prophet Isaiah again this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, the first seven verses. Vamos a leer de Isaías 9, versículos 1 al 7. And I'm going to read this first in English, then we'll read it in Spanish. As I'm reading in the Spanish part, I want to invite those of you who speak English to use that time to really look over this text. Get familiar with some of the key words in it. Mientras leo yo en inglés, y después voy a leer en español, pero mientras leo en inglés, les uh, pues doy eh, una invitación de, de estar mirando el texto para, para familiarizarse con él más. So this is what... God's word says for us and to us this morning. Esta es la palabra de Dios. It says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, up establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. A pesar de todo, no habrá más penumbra para la que estuvo angustiada. En el pasado Dios humilló a la tierra de Sabulón y a la tierra de Neftalí, pero en el futuro honrará a Galilea, tierra de paganos, en el camino del mar, 
al otro lado del Jordán. El pueblo que andaba en la oscuridad ha visto una gran luz. Sobre los que vivían en densas tinieblas la luz ha resplandecido. Tú has hecho que la nación crezca, has aumentado su alegría. Y se alegran ellos en tu presencia como cuando recogen la cosecha, como cuando reparten el botín. Ciertamente tú has quebrado como en la derrota de Madián el yugo que los oprimía, la barra que pesaba sobre sus hombros, el bastón de mando que los subyugaba. Todas las botas guerreras que resonaron en la batalla y toda la ropa teñida en sangre serán arrojadas al fuego, serán consumidas por las llamas. Porque nos ha nacido un niño, se nos ha concedido un hijo, la soberanía reposará sobre sus hombros y se le, se le darán estos nombres. Consejero admirable, Dios fuerte, Padre eterno, príncipe de paz. Se extenderán su soberanía y su paz y no tendrán fin. Gobernará sobre el trono de David y sobre su reino para establecerlo y sostenerlo con justicia y rectitud desde ahora y para siempre. Esto lo llevará a cabo el celo del Señor Todopoderoso. So I, I think most of you and most of us in this room probably know what a hyperlink is. Seguro que todos saben lo que es un hiperenlace. Now, for the few people in the room who might not know what a hyperlink is, I'm going to explain. A hyperlink, as you can see from the image there, is a, is a piece of highlighted text on a computer screen or on a, on a smartphone screen. Es un texto resaltado en una pantalla de computadora o de teléfono o de celular. And when you click on it or when you touch it, it opens up another text. Or it opens up a, another image, or maybe it takes you to a video, or maybe it takes you to another place on the internet. Cuando le haces clic, te lleva a otro texto, o a otra imagen, o otro video, algo así. Now, isn't it interesting that 28 years ago, or so, almost none of us knew what a hyperlink was. I for sure didn't. Hace 28 años, no sabíamos que era un hiperenlace. Muy pocos. But think about this, 2,800 years ago, absolutely no one knew what a hyperlink was, right? Hace 28 siglos, nadie sabía lo que era un hiperenlace. No one except for God, excepto Dios. Why do I say that? I say that because, you see, the more you begin to read through the Bible, as you go through the scriptures over and over again, and you become more familiar with its contents, you begin to understand that the Bible is full of hyperlinks. La Biblia está lleno de hiperenlaces. What am I saying? I'm saying that the Bible is full of, of phrases and names or places or Images that somehow connect to other places in the Bible. And when you begin to see those connections and you begin to make those connections, it enriches the, the whole of what the message of the Bible is. Hay, oh, hay frases y nombres y lugares que se conectan con otras partes y enriquecen lo que es el mensaje de la Biblia. And I think that's certainly the case when we come to the scripture I've just read here from Isaiah chapter 9. This, this portion of God's word has a number of hyperlinks in it. Hay varios hiperenlaces en Isaías 9. And I think if we, can, if we can identify some of them and we can take some time to unpack them, 
it will enrich this message. It will, it will help us to appreciate something even more powerful than what meets the eye. Hay varios hiperenlaces aquí que podemos desempacar y nos enriquecerá el mensaje. So I want to take you through that today, just a few places. And we find the first link in the first couple of verses. Hay un hiperenlace en los primeros versículos. It says there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Ya no habrá más penumbra para los que están angustiados. And then it says, in the past, God humiliated Zebulun and Naphtali, but in the future, he's going to honor Galilee of the Gentiles. En el pasado humilló a la tierra de Zebulun y Naphtali, en el futuro honrará a Galilea de los Gentiles. And then in verse 2, it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Después dice que el pueblo que andaba en la oscuridad ha visto una gran luz. Now, to begin to understand this, we just need to go a few verses before. And in chapter 8 of Isaiah, we find the prophet Isaiah is complaining and he's, he's calling out the people of Israel because they are engaging in a terrible practice. They are going to mediums and they're going to psychics to consult with the dead to get wisdom. Los Israel en capítulo 8 están consultando con agoreros y adivinos, buscando los muertos. And, and this is terrible. And, and Isaiah, in, in verse 8:19, chapter 8:19, basically asks the question, why would you consult the dead on behalf of the living? What in the world do you think you're doing? ¿Por qué consultar a los muertos por los vivos? The people are not going to God. They're going the wrong way. No están consultando a Dios. And And in chapter 8:22, Isaiah says, because of that, these people that go to the dead, these people that go to the darkness, well, guess what? They're, they're only going to see darkness. They're going to only see distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into outer darkness. Él dice en 8:22 que solo verán aflicción, tinieblas y espantosa penumbra. But, We come to chapter 9, he says, nevertheless, the darkness won't last. The darkness won't last. There will come a day when there will be no more gloom. Ya habrá un día cuando ya no habrá más penumbra. You see, God humbled Zebulun and Naphtali in the past, but in the future, he's going to honor Galilee. Dios humilló a Zebulun y Naphtali, pero va a honrar a Galilea. What's that talking about? Well, first of all, we need to understand Zebulun and Naphtali are two tribes in Israel, and their tribal lands were located in the north part of the, of the country, northern Israel. Zabulon y Naphtali eran territorios en el norte de Israel. And history tells us that in the year 722 B.C., darkness came upon the land of Israel in the form of an invasion from the Assyrian Empire in the north. Los Asirios en 722 antes de Cristo invadieron. And where did they enter first? They came marching right through Zebulun and Naphtali, and they trampled that place first. Llegaron a Zabulon y Naphtali. It was humiliating because the people lost their country. And so God humbled Zebulun and Naphtali. Dios humilló a Zabulón y Naphtali cuando invadieron los Asirios. But it says in the future, he's going to honor Galilee. En el futuro honrará a Galilea. What's Galilee? Well, Galilee is the same region with a different name. En la misma región con otro nombre. And here is where we see our first hyperlink. 
Go forward to Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. Mateo 14, 13, and it's talking about Jesus. It says, leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of, get this, Zebulun and Naphtali. And this is to fulfill what was said in, in Isaiah. Jesús partió de Nazaret, se fue a vivir en Capernaum junto al lago en la región de Zabulón y Neftali. Galilee is the name for Zebulun and Naphtali. This is the place where Jesus begins his earthly ministry. Es donde Jesús comienza su ministerio terrenal. So the people that were walking in darkness in that region and who were humbled by the darkness, the first to receive the darkness, they will be the first to receive the light. And Jesus is that light. Van a ser los primeros en recibir la luz, estos que fueron humillados por la oscuridad. Y Jesús es esa luz. It's quite a hyperlink. There's another one we can unpack. It's in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 4. Isaías 9.4, it says, As in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor. Tú has quebrado como en la derrota de Madian, el yugo que los oprimía, la barra que pesaba sobre sus hombros, y el bastón de mando que los subyugaba. What is the day of Midian's defeat? What is that talking about? ¿Qué es la derrota de Madian? It's another hyperlink. It's taking us back in history to Judges chapter 8 in the Old Testament of the Bible. Nos lleva a Jueces 8. And there we learn about a time when God used the fearful leader of Israel. I didn't say fearless. I said fearful leader of Israel. His name was Gideon. Dios usó al líder temeroso Israel Gedeón. And Israel was being run over by the Midianites, the people of Midian. Israel estaba oprimido por los Madianitas. They were, you know, ripping off their crops and burning their fields and chasing the people into caves. And they were oppressing God's people, the people of Israel. Estaban robando las cosechas y oprimiendo los Israelitas. But God took this fearful leader, Gideon, and 300 men, and he defeated these hordes of the army of Midian. Con 300 hombres, Gedeón derrotó a los ejércitos de Madian. It was a great victory. And the people rejoiced in that victory. Se alegraron con esta victoria. In fact, they were so happy. Why? Because they had their harvests back. Look at what Isaiah 9.3 says. The people uh, rejoice as people rejoice at the harvest. As people rejoice when, when they're dividing up the plunder. That's the way the people were. Se alegraron como cuando recogen la cosecha y como cuando reparten el botín. The people were so excited by this victory over Midian. In the day of Midian's defeat, they took gold from the plunder they got from the Midianites and they gave a bunch of this gold to Gideon. Dieron oro del botín a Gedeón. They said to Gideon, Hey dude, be our king forever. Be our king forever. Judges 8.22, they said, Rule over us, you, your son, your grandson, because you saved us out of the hand of Midian. Gobierna sobre nosotros, dijeron en Gedeón. Y después de ti, tu hijo, tu nieto, porque nos has librado del poder de los madianitas. So they want to make Gideon the king. Gideon wisely says, no thanks. But his son Abimelech says, sure, that sounds like a sweet deal. 
El hijo de Gedeón, Abimelech, quiere ser rey. And so he steps into that position as king, and he makes a royal mess of it. We talked about this a few months ago in our sermon series on the kingdom of God. Uh, Abimelech, uh, he begins to abuse the people. He begins to, to oppress the people. He's the one burning their fields. Abimelech empieza a abusar y maltratar a la gente, and it turns out to be a bad deal. No es nada bueno. But Isaiah 9.4 says, when God's people come out of darkness, it's going to be like the day of Midian's defeat. Cuando el pueblo sale de la oscuridad, dice Isaías, va a ser como la derrota de Marian. How so? How will it be like the day of Midian's defeat? Well, the people will be beside themselves with joy. They will be excited and they will ask for a new king. They will desire a new king. Van a desear un nuevo rey. And God will give them a king. But this king will not be like that king. This son will not be like the son of Gideon. Este rey no va a ser como aquel rey Abimelech, como el hijo de Gedeón. Isaiah 9 Six, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, porque nos ha nacido un niño, se nos ha concedido un hijo, se le darán estos nombres, Consejero Admirable, Dios Fuerte, Padre Eterno, Príncipe de Paz. The King that Isaiah is pointing towards is not the son of Gideon. Este rey no es hijo de Gedeón. His name will be called Wonderful. Su nombre será Admirable. You know what? That name is a name that is connected to the name of God. And in case we don't get the subtle hint, it goes on to say straight out, his name will be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. El será Dios mismo. This king will not be the son of Gideon. This king will be the son of God. Este rey será hijo de Dios. And what's going to be the effect of his coming? Peace. Peace. Every warrior's boat, boot and every garment rolled in blood will be burnt up. No more war, yeah. No habrá guerras. La ropa teñida en sangre será arrojada al fuego. And it says in verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Se extenderán su soberanía y su paz y no tendrán fin. And then it says, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and Forever. Gobernará sobre el trono de David y sobre su reino para establecerlo desde ahora y para siempre. There we find, guess what, another hyperlink, right? Hay otro hiperenlace. We actually talked about this one just a couple weeks ago. Where God appeared to King David and said to him, you're always going to have a descendant. You will have a descendant that sits on the throne forever and ever. David dijo, uh, Dios dijo a David, Rey Israel, tendrás un descendiente del trono para siempre. You're going to have someone that will always rule on my behalf. 
this prince of peace is that descendant. And that descendant is what we call the Messiah, the anointed one. Este descendiente va a ser el príncipe de la paz. And this is going to be something that God does. This will be from God's hand. It won't be of human origin. No será de origen humano. In fact, verse 7 at the very end says, The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Esto lo llevará a cabo el celo del Señor Todopoderoso. This is going to be a work of God from beginning to end to put this Prince of Peace on the throne. There will be no way any human being can say, I helped, I did it. It will be about grace. God's undeserved favor being shown to people walking in darkness. El celo del Señor va a hacer esto y va a ser una obra de gracia de comienzo al fin. Algo inmerecido. The peace that comes from this Prince of Peace will be undeserved. La paz será inmerecida. Now if we listen really carefully, I think there's another hyperlink here. Creo que hay otro hiperenlace aquí. We fast forward to Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Lucas 2, 14. And there, on a dark night, outside of Bethlehem, an angel chorus sent from God appears to a group of shepherds. Un coro de ángeles en una noche oscura de Belén aparece a unos pastores. And what do the angels say? Not to us, but to you a child is born. To you a son is given. This day in the city of David, his name is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. A ustedes les ha nacido un hijo en, en pueblo de David, es Cristo el Señor. And then they start singing. They start shouting out, Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. What? Peace to whom? On those whom God's favor rests. Gloria a Dios en las alturas. Y en la tierra paz a los que gozan de su buena voluntad, o es decir, su gracia. Peace to those who are given the undeserved favor of God, the grace of God. Paz a los que gozan del favor y merecido de Dios. And that undeserved favor of God is this son who's been born, the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but I mean, everything in these verses from Isaiah chapter 9 is pointing to Jesus as the fulfillment of this. Todo, todo señala a Jesús como la cumbre de esto. In fact, I think you could argue that everything in the scriptures, everything in God's word points to Jesus as the culmination of God's plan to bring about a world where everything is the way it's supposed to be. Like the children said, that's the working definition of peace. Jesucristo es la cumbre del plan de Dios y de toda la Biblia. In a sense, this is the highlighted text that points us as a hyperlink to Jesus. Ese es el texto resaltado que nos señala a Jesús.
And the more you look at it, the more you can't unsee it. Jesus comes into a dark and anxious world. Jesus nace en un mundo ansioso y oscuro. Jesus was born during the, the reign of Caesar Augustus, we're told in Scripture. Caesar Augustus was the Roman emperor. Nace en tiempo de César Agosto, emperador romano. You know what they called Caesar Augustus? You know what the Romans called him? They called him the son of God. They called him the king of kings. They called him the Lord of lords. They called him the light of the world. That's what the people thought of Caesar Augustus. Los romanos lo llamaban hijo de Dios, rey de reyes, luz del mundo. Well, no, he's not the son of God. Jesus is. Jesus is born into a period of history that we call the Pax Romana, which means the Roman peace. Jesús nació en tiempos que se llamaban la Paz Romana. Why do they call it the Roman peace or the Pax Romana? Because you see in that time, basically there wasn't much war in the world. Things had kind of calmed down. No había mucha guerra en el mundo. But you see, it wasn't true peace. It was an uneasy truce. Fue una tregua inquieta. Why? Because it was peace by force. The Romans kept peace by putting a sword on everybody's throat and by having their heel on everyone's chest. It was the threat of violence that kept people in line. Los romanos tenían su espada en cada garganta, su, su tacón en cada pecho. But you see, that's not peace. Peace is not just the absence of war. La paz no es ausencia de la guerra. True peace, shalom, is the presence of God making everything the way it's supposed to be. La paz es la presencia de Dios que pone todo en orden. And Jesus is that one who comes. You know, I, I think about those times and I want to say there's a link to our time. We live in a time of relative peace in our world. I say relative. Hay una paz relativa en nuestro mundo. Yeah, there's no world wars, right? There's enough war. We know in Ukraine and other places. There's threats of war. Hay guerras y amenazas de guerra. And I don't know about you, but I, I sense that we're living in times where there's this uneasy peace that we have. There's an uneasy truce on right now. Hay una tregua inquieta en nuestro mundo. And the threat of this falling apart is just, it's, it's on a knife's edge. The political scene, the economy, the stability of the economy, it's just like it's teetering on the brink. And you can just sense it. People sense it. These are anxious times for our world. Son tiempos ansiosos. And the Bible says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he comes. And it's almost like in our world today, people are looking for what's that, what's that missing link? What's that one thing that is going to put me in a place where I'm secure, where I don't have to be on edge, where I don't have to be anxious? La gente busca algo en, el, en, el, en el, la brecha para, para darle seguridad. How can I be in a place where I know that things will be the way it's supposed to be, well, it's going to be okay. It's not going to come from our environment. It can only come from Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace to conquer 
not by force. He comes to conquer by filling in that gap to become the missing link that we need. Jesús se hace el eslabón que nos hace falta. How does he do that? Well, he, first of all, he steps in the gap that we need. He takes our place before God. He takes our place and our punishment for sin on the cross. He steps into the place of violence and punishment to absorb that into himself. Él se pone en nuestro lugar en la cruz. And then he, he rises from the dead, victorious over death, victorious over sin, to provide us with life that we could never attain on our own. There's a gap between the life we need and the life we can gain for ourselves. Jesus fills that gap. Jesús resucita para darnos la vida que, que no podemos obtener para nosotros mismos. He is, in a sense, not only the missing link, He is the super hyper link to peace with God. Jesús es el super hiper enlace a la paz con Dios. So the, the truth that Isaiah's prophecy, I think, is pointing me towards this morning and us is this, that, that in a world that is full of darkness, in a world that's full of anxiety, we, we can live with a non-anxious confidence because Jesus is the light that brings us peace. Podemos vivir sin ansiedad en un mundo ansioso porque Jesús es la luz que nos trae la paz. He is the light that brings us peace. And that's good news for people walking in darkness. And the question is, what are you walking in today? ¿En qué caminas tú? You walking in anxiety? You walking in financial stress, unemployment, depression, addiction, caminas en estrés, desempleo, adicción, depresión. Are you walking in fear, walking in rejection, walking in loneliness, walking in just, you don't even know what it is, an uneasy feeling. Estás caminando en la soledad. Jesus has come to be the missing link in your life. Él es el eslabón que le falta en, en su vida. So how do we have access to the Prince of Peace? How do we link up with him? What's the link? ¿Cómo, cómo nos conectamos con él? Well, I, I think there's another hyperlink that I want to point us to. It's in the same prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. Isaías 26, 3 y 4. And this is what it says. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. Al de carácter firme lo guardarás en perfecta paz porque en él, en ti confía. Confía en el Señor para siempre porque el Señor es una roca eterna. At Christmas and really any time, we have an opportunity to live as non-anxious people in an over-anxious world. 
podemos vivir como gente sin ansiedad en un mundo sobreangustiado. How? By focusing and fixing our minds, our hearts, and our faith on Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. He will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is stayed on you. Podemos vivir así con la mente enfocada en Cristo, la vida enfocada en Cristo. And so what that means is that we have opportunities every single day to realize that Jesus Christ is the link, the missing link I need for this day. And that's why if you have not the, uh, established in your own life the routine of a, of a daily time to focus in on the presence of God in your life, I frankly will not be surprised if you are anxious. Si no tienes un tiempo para enfocarte en el Señor, vas a tener ansiedad. I'm too busy. Got so much to do. I want to I offer up a challenge. If this is something you, you have not established in your life, and maybe you have, and if you have, I want to encourage you to keep at it and to have that and to take advantage of that time to focus on God. But if you haven't, here's what I'm talking about. It's just a few minutes every day but the most important minutes of your day where you get the text, the highlighted text, and you focus in on what it says about Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and then you connect in prayer with Him. You, you seek Him. Cada día es un tiempo para conectarte con este texto y con Jesús. I want to challenge you in the next seven days, if you Find that time and engage in this time every single day. Watch what difference it will make in your sense of peace throughout the week. Watch how that begins to change your perspective. Si tienes ese tiempo cada día, van a ver cómo empieza a cambiar tu perspectiva. Watch how your anxiety level starts to go down. It doesn't mean your problems go down all, all the time, but it means that you understand with a different perspective. Why? Because you're linking up to the super hyperlink Jesus we have Bible reading plans in the back if you don't have one you don't know what to read start anywhere I believe and others have said you can start anywhere in the Bible and you can get to Jesus puedes comenzar en cualquier lugar de la Biblia y llegar a Jesús that's my prayer for you my hope for you not only at Christmas but but throughout the coming year, Jesus is the light of the nations. Jesús es luz de las naciones. He's the light that brings us uh, uh, hope. He brings us love. He brings us joy. He brings us peace. Jesús nos trae la esperanza, el amor, la alegría y la paz. Because of who he is. He is our super hyper link to the very presence of God. Es nuestro super hiper enlace a la presencia de Dios. And when you're connected to God, you will know His peace. Conectarte con Dios es conocer su paz. Let's pray together, shall we? Vamos a orar.
it is very rare for us, God, to be still in your presence. To stop. And to stay our hearts on you. Es raro, Señor. Estar quietos en tu presencia, enfocarnos en ti. My prayer is that we, as your people, can be kept in the perfect peace of God by staying our lives on you, by centering our thoughts, our concerns. So whatever anxiety we carry in this, into this service today, whatever, whatever challenges we face as we walk out of here, whether they're economic challenges or relationship challenges, health challenges, whatever it is. We, in this moment, receive and invite you, Jesus, as the Prince of Peace to come. Sean lo que sean los retos que enfrentemos, sean económicos, de la salud, de las relaciones interpersonales, recibimos tu paz. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you know what it is like to walk in this world and you are the light that's come into the darkness. Help us daily to be aware of the connection that we can have with you by your Holy Spirit. Que podamos estar eh, conscientes del, del vínculo, del enlace que podemos tener contigo por el Espíritu Santo. I pray for each person, each family, here, Lord, your peace. Not just the absence of problems, but the presence of the living God. Quiero pedir no solo ausencia de problemas, sino paz, la presencia de Dios vivo. We thank you for this time of celebration. Let us sing your praises with hope, with love, with joy and peace this day because of Jesus. Que podamos alabarte con esperanza, amor, alegría y paz en el nombre del Señor Jesús. It's in your name we pray, dear Jesus. All God's people said, amen.